Hello, this is Pastor Luke, and you are listening to the Living Hope Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Our mission is to grow disciples and multiply churches who will glorify God and transform communities. For more information about our church, please visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com. Please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for an evening to remember uh, that fateful night so many years ago when all eternity changed. And so, Lord, we ask that you would lead us by your spirit. Lord, we approach this evening with gratitude and thanks. We love you, Lord. Amen. You know, typically when someone is close to passing away, we often give a lot of attention to uh, last thoughts or uh, last words, or, you know, we'll talk about last will and testament, that kind of thing. And the assumption is that, you know, the, the person is aware of, of kind of impending future and, and what's about to happen. And, and so any final words that, that they must say must be of great importance. Uh, you know, these are their, their best words of advice. These are their uh, sincerest words or expressions of I love you. These are their kind of their, their deepest felt thoughts. I remember after 9-11 happened, you know, we um, some of the people that were on planes and they had a sense of what was going to happen and so they, you know, they called into loved ones. Some of them called into 911 dispatch and so there's recordings of what, you know, they wanted passed on to family members and and you know, and they were they were very aware of of what the possibilities were, and and so there's just a lot of heartbreaking um, conversations and, and recordings of of these final moments of these men and women. It's interesting to to sort of take a moment and and kind of imagine with your imagination to put yourself in that place. Um, you know, it's your last 24 hours. Family and friends are, are around. What do you say? You have an opportunity to pray. What do you pray? What do you say? What, what words do you form? Knowing just kind of the, the weight of, of what you are about to say. I think, I think this, I think you would pray like this. I have a few ideas for you. I think this is roughly how you would structure some of this. I think you would begin by addressing your God and your Creator. I mean, depending on the life that you had lived would, would determine sort of this part of the prayer. I mean, if you had uh, led kind of more of a rebellious life, then this would be a good time to, to turn things around, to, to make some changes. You would want to spend some time getting right with God. But on the flip side, I mean, if you had led a, a Christian life and, and, and were devoted to Him... Um, you know, and you, you lived a life of, of dedication and, and love and, and, and glory, uh, or, you know, uh, for his glory, um, I, th- I think you would express that, that, that you would want to express that. I think that you would ask God to, to honor promises that, that he had made to you, and, and we know he would. You'd possibly bring up the topic of salvation, thanking God for just that wonderful gift. I think you would spend some time praying for immediate family, close friends, those who are closest to you. 
These are the people you love, and, and you would want to give quality time and, and quality thought to, to these words. And so you would put just very intentional thought uh, around these words and, uh, of prayer and lots of words, lots of well-thought-out words, deep meaning behind these words. And then perhaps as you wrapped up, you would pray for other people in your life or, or other areas, or perhaps you were you know, uh, very invested, say, in, in school or church or uh, a family business, and so you would pray for, for that endeavor. The Gospel of John records a prayer of Jesus. He's the only one to do so. It's not the prayer of Gethsemane. That's kind of a popular prayer. We're all pretty familiar with that prayer. This is a different prayer. It happens before the garden, uh, sometime after their, their last meal together, and, and sometime before heading out to the garden. Some of the Bibles, you know, they'll, they'll put like a little heading in it, the kind of a little subtitle. And, um, and some of the Bibles, this one has been nicknamed the, the High Priestly Prayer of Jesus. It's found in John 17. And Jesus prays this prayer knowing that tonight will be his last and that he's going to head out to the garden and then be betrayed and, and then he'll be crucified. And, and in that prayer, Jesus prays for himself. He begins at the beginning at the, and he talks about his relationship with the Father and he mentions salvation. And then after that, he spends kind of the bulk of it praying for uh, the disciples, the, the 11, uh, disi- 11 remaining disciples. And then at the end, there's uh, a nice paragraph where he prays really for the church, for the, the rest of the church. And at first I thought, oh, wouldn't that be great? And I, I really kind of focused on, you know, that last part where he prayed for us. But the, the more that I was in it and, and looked at it and wrestled with it, the less I was interested in that. And the more I was interested in the beginning, where Jesus prays to the Father, and it's about his relationship to the Father. Verse 17 begins like this. Uh, Jesus, uh, you know, knowing his time had come, and then says he lifted his eyes up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. The hour has come. I thought, ooh, that's a good line. I started to type out my thoughts, you know, three years of ministry and and 33 years of of living, like there's been a lot of anticipation about this hour, you know, because Christ has, you know, basically lived for this moment. And then I thought, oh, you silly. (laughs) Christ didn't plan for this for 33 years. This was a plan from the beginning. And by the beginning, I mean the beginning. For thousands of years, before time began, before Jesus, before the Israelites, before Moses, before Abraham, before Adam and Eve, this was the plan. This has literally been the plan for millennia upon millennia. It's a lot of anticipation. And now the hour has come. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, talking about himself, that the Son may glorify you. Everything about what Jesus did was was either in obedience to God the Father or, or to glorify God the Father. That was the objective. Obey God the Father, glorify God the Father. 
sometimes we, we will sing or, or we will talk about, you know, Jesus dying on the cross for, for you and I or how he thought about us above all. And, and there's, there's very much of that is true. But, but I think in the moment, I think on the cross, I, I think just in the thick of it, I don't think it was us he was thinking about. I think it was the Father and love of the Father and obedience to the Father. Glorify the Father. And how remarkable to enter into a, a mission or, or, or a purpose and to know that your death is the very planned and intentional outcome of, the, of, this, of this whole agenda, of this whole purpose. And to do it all out of deep, deep love for someone else. To begin something, to say the plan is at the end I will die because I love you. Verse 2. Since you have given him, so Jesus is talking about himself, God the Father gave him, authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Jesus speaks of, of the topic of salvation. And, and in a very short, kind of abbreviated way, how to attain it. The last, two, the last couple of years I've watched as kind of pockets of society or, or even sometimes pockets of Christians would embrace misguided views as to why Jesus came. And so every so often we, we just have to come back to that and, and, and keep at the center the reason Jesus came and Jesus came to die. For our sins on the cross. And that was God's plan from the very beginning. That was not man's plan. That was not plan A that, that went sideways and became plan B and C. That was plan A from the beginning. If you want restored relationship with God, if you want eternal life, you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, everything else fails. Verse 4 I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. In just a few hours, Jesus will hang on the cross, and he will cry out, It is finished. So Jesus finished the work that he came to do. You know, for centuries upon centuries, the, the Israelites had this, this animal sacrifice system that, that God had, had given them, um, but it, it was never truly de designed to, to fully remove sin, but rather serve as this symbolic foretelling of how Jesus would remove sin and what would happen on the cross in just a few hours. Last part in, in, in this, in Jesus, in, not in the full prayer, but just in that beginning part where Jesus is interacting with the Father. Verse 5, And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence, with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I heard the most fascinating um, idea or thought or, or revelation this week. You know, in the, in the hours leading up to Jesus' death, there's one point where he stood before Pilate, right? And this is later on, this is John 18. And they have this back and forth. And so um, Pilate said to him, So, you are a king. Jan, uh, Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. 
For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? This is, this is a fun question amongst philosophers. What is truth? How do you define truth? Uh, after he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. And as you continue on, on in the story, um, I mean, Pilate's actually advocating for the release of, of Jesus, but the crowds demanded that Jesus be crucified, and so eventually Pilate relented, and he has Jesus crucified. Right? And Pilate's big, I mean, Pilate was the man, right? Absolute authority. He was the guy in charge. He could do what, whatever he wanted. And so Pilate contemns Jesus to die, and then they go their separate ways. Now imagine the next time those two meet. Imagine that moment, especially for Pilate. When those two meet again, I mean, it's going to be in some kind of I don't know, some kind of heavenly courtroom, stadium thing with all the history of humankind watching. And these two are going to come together face to face. And Pilate, who, who philosophically asked, what is truth, will stand in front of the one who said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I don't know if, if Pilate became a follower of Christ. I, I don't think so. I could be wrong. I'm not sure. I guess we'll find out then. But when Pilate stands before Christ, that, that is an interaction unlike any other human interaction that will happen uh, at that judgment. God the Father has glorified Jesus Christ to his former glory, meaning everything, Everything in heaven and on earth bows to him. Everything. So this is the, the first part of, of Jesus' prayer, and I mean, he carries on. There, there's other great stuff. But is this something you and I can, can receive? Is, is, this, is this something we can receive, what, what was offered, the gospel, the grace, the salvation? Can you and I live our lives with this kind of love? With this kind of passion and focus and commitment? What Jesus did on the cross is the most remarkable display of love the universe has ever seen. Can we give our lives to that message, that purpose? The rest of the prayer, you know, Jesus, he, he, talks, he prays for the disciples and he he talks a lot about the message and would the message spread and he, he prays for the church and there's a lot of stuff about unity there uh, for the church. He talks about us being glorified, all of it's great stuff. But it all really stemmed from this first part of the prayer and that is just this love and this gratitude for God the Father. And is that worth giving our lives to? We're going to do communion this evening. Uh, it's a little bit different we haven't done it like this before at least uh while i've uh, been here uh in just a moment christine's gonna come forward and she's gonna lead us in the last worship song spend some time um just
kind of getting your heart ready. When your heart is ready, we're going to invite you to just head out the back, and we've set up the communion table at the back there in front of the cross. Today it's self-serve, and, um, you know, so you'll, you'll take your communion as you leave. We would invite you to, uh, to leave in silence. Uh, church is often a great time to connect with friends and chat and get caught up and laugh about the week and that kind of thing. We'll save that for Sunday. Um, this evening, we invite you to just, yeah, leave, it, leave in silence, have communion um, as, you, as you head out. Um, you know, take a few minutes until your heart is ready. If that means that you leave during the song, that's fine. If it's after the song, that's fine. Uh, if it's long after the song, that's fine too. If you're the last one, just turn off the lights on your way out. We will gather here again Sunday morning. And we will rejoice and we will celebrate that, that Jesus is alive. So, let's pray. And then, um, yeah, when you're ready, you can slip out the back. Heavenly Father, we are so deeply touched by these words of Jesus. In these last moments, in these last hours before he willingly walks right into the cross. Lord, we are um, impacted, we are touched, we are grateful, we are so deeply grateful. And Lord, we just recognize that you came to die, die on a cross, and to give us the message that, that you are the way and the truth and the life and no one's come to the Father except through you. And we receive that and we embrace that wholeheartedly. Lord, this evening as we prepare to have communion together on our, on our way out the door, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to each one. we would know and experience your love, your favor, your grace, your passion. We love you, Lord. In your name, amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon. We hope you were enriched and encouraged. If you have any questions about Christ or church or would like more information, visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com or email me directly at luke at livinghopehenderson.com. We hope you have a fantastic week. Take care and God bless.